Hello there, friends. Andrea with the Bangs here. And no, I'm not starring in an off-Broadway version of Newsies. I am here to speak with Justin Brierly, the host of The Big Conversation. And The Big Conversation is actually into its fourth season. And the good news is all of the episodes are actually out and you can check them out here in the description. Justin and I speak about how this season went. We discussed the first episode with Francis Collins and Richard Dawkins. We also actually speak about Jordan Peterson's latest move to the Daily Wire. I was curious to hear Justin's perspective since he had spoken to Peterson before. And actually they're having a course, uh, the unbelievable conglomerate have a course that they are putting out uh, focused around Peterson's discussion on the very first season of Unbelievable. So be sure to check that one out if you haven't watched it. That one is actually 2018 Peterson. We also end up discussing certain themes that Justin has seen in this season and compared to last year. And I pick his brain about where he thinks these sort of cultural trends are going and he is very gracious and kind and I really appreciate that he took the time to come on my little podcast and I am looking forward to hearing your thoughts and without further ado here's Justin oh also remember to subscribe thanks I'm really into vintage and like Skype is vintage yeah. video calling yeah and it's, yeah absolutely it's old school <laughs> But like, it's not even really a joke. That's why it's funny. Because <laughs> it's true. Okay, so Justin, I time is ticking away. So I'm just going to dive in. I mean, that was pretty like cute little intro. I'm going to leave that. We're just going to leave that cool. little Skype joke Go in for there. It. So, Go for it. Okay. But it's been a year. It's been a year yeah. like in a month since we last spoke. Yeah, it has. I can't believe it. Time flies, doesn't it? Does it feel quick? Yeah, I don't know where the time goes. I think as you get older, mm -hmm. time goes by more quickly somehow. Because yeah. I remember we've just started the school holidays here in the UK. Mm -hmm. And now my kids are going to have about six or seven weeks off school. And yeah. But when I was a kid, that seemed to last forever. It just went on and on and on. And oh, it felt like you, you had mm -hmm. kind of passed through several stages of your life by the time you the, Back to the September. school holidays had finished. Oh, I'm a different person. Yeah. What are they going to, will they recognize me? Yes. Yeah. Whereas now, because I know exactly what's going to happen in every week of this holiday period, right? it's like it, it, it's all been mapped out and it's not like when you were a kid, time just seemed to pass more slowly for some reason. That's, that's well, my theory. I mean, I think it's the scheduling. Like you, if you don't, if you don't mind going into today, very specific today is your interview yeah. day. That yeah. You're giving people slots. I hope you're That's not right. uh, talked out, by the way. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've I only mean, done I a couple. I can fill it up, but I would like you to talk. To... <laughs> but but anyways, but you yeah, like you. I bet this day is. I don't know. Will it have flown by for you since they're just done, 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 or is it like oh, slogging through it because it's so many things, so many things scheduled. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it's that old thing, isn't it? Of sometimes time goes slower when you you want it to go faster and fast when you want it to go slow this, so i there's... promise you this will go by so fast because it's gonna just be so much fun. i'm sure it will um the time will fly when i'm talking Justin, to Andrea. you're my okay so you're my the british like happy fun man for me oh I i'm glad a... i'm your happy fun man you are I... well you are you just but you know you, you there's the really like dry british like stereotype you could say yeah but i just feel like you don't you don't live up to it, and I'm glad. Oh, good. I'm 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 really pleased because I I rarely get described as the fun, happy person. <laughs> I I'm I'm generally I'm generally you know, the seen as I don't know something else. I'm I'm not nearly as funny as other people I know. Um. So so I don't ask me to tell a joke or anything like that. Well, but... I mean, I suppose it's just like you're happy to just smile and be like, yeah, yeah. This is lovely as opposed to like I'm... you know everything's horrible because yeah, you know. No, I'm not one of those really serious, philosophical, nihilistic types who kind of just, you what, know, who, tell you is, who has made me have this view? <laughs> maybe, been, maybe I'm really you've, wrong. Yeah, you've you've been watching too much Jordan Peterson. It's 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 all it all gets very serious. Oh, and I deep. I want to bring 
I will be bringing him up later. Oh. I thought he might pop up at some hey, point. We spoke, I actually did go over what we spoke about last time because sometimes I look over if I speak with someone, especially if it's sort of a in a year increment. It's like, what did yeah. we talk about last time? I don't want it to be mm. the same thing if people are like, oh, I watched this one and then I want to go yeah. back. Although yeah. a lot of the same things are coming up, but it's a year mm. later and things are going to mm. be different in the answer yeah. I'm thinking. But I'm going to set him aside, but we will Good. be coming back. Okay. So, unbelievable season Four. Speaking of time flying, season four. Like, season so four of, of, of the big now. conversation. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, all right. That's all right. Unbelievable. The big it, conversation. It's, as it's easy to get them confused. Right? Okay. I I get them confused, yeah, Andrea. You, you so. Yeah. Basically, the big conversation is kind of a special se season of programs from the yeah. Unbelievable Show, and and it's where we kind of pull out all the stops we add all the bells and whistles we we kind of do you know the big shows with the big thinkers we'll call and it the heart the heart yeah of the whole it's it's thing. it's just a kind of special emphasis on you know digging into some really big questions with some big thinkers and so yeah season four began um around the end of may and we're, we're just currently in this season which finishes end of july and yeah there's been some great conversations Some you know we we started off on a yeah, with two big hitters, uh, Richard Dawkins and Francis Collins in conversation. So we were really I was really pleased to, to be able to bring them together. And there's just been some really good, interesting conversations. A lot of them, actually, it's funny, you don't go into these things necessarily planning a theme, but there's been a, a definite theme of conversion across at least three of the episodes. Really? So, so that's been quite you didn't, interesting. I thought you planned, like I actually thought that Well, was... I'd like to claim that I did, you know, but actually it just... <laughs> You know, usually the what I'm doing when I'm when I bring the big conversation together, I'm I'm kind of thinking about guests more than topics. First of all, I'm thinking, okay, who would be who are the people we want to hear from in this season, and then the kind of topics trying to flow out of who I managed to bring together, and and yeah, the kind of theme of conversion came through in in two or three of these episodes. Interestingly, so yeah, it's been it's been good. Okay, so that's that's one of the things I well, it's kind of like a a segue into. I, the thing the thing I wanted to talk with you about, because the last time we spoke, I was more uncomfortable with the idea of debating. And that was the main reason why I reached out. And then uh -huh. you, you let me know, oh, I don't even consider it debates that we do here, even though they kind of end up being that sometimes. But <laughs> but we touched on these other things that I will be bringing up. But for for now, the main thing I'm wondering is like about the cultural shift from... Mm. From, I guess cultural shift of the prominent thinkers mm -hmm. it feels like it's shifting away from the new atheist. I mean, it's already been shifting away from that for yeah. a while. And you said that last time. But and, now, and, and, sorry, and yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it was interesting, actually, because in a way, bringing Richard Dawkins on, mm -hmm. it was a great conversation. But the, the substance of the conversation could easily have happened almost exactly word for word 10 years ago, because it was sort of... It, 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 the ideas and the issues being debated, you know, can God account for the fine tuning of the universe? Do we need morality? Uh, where does it come from? That that kind of those issues have been swimming around. You know, I've, I've been sort of discussing and having guests on talk about them since day one of Unbelievable. So but what's interesting is it was interesting that Dawkins was willing to come on and talk mm -hmm. about it, That's whereas it's been really. I and I, I think. That's partly because the landscape has changed a bit. I think, you know, if I'm honest, you know, maybe he was more in demand in the past because the new atheism was kind of the new kid on the block. <laughs> and, you know, he was getting, you know, speaking invitations left, right and center. But now I think I think some of the a lot of the support for new atheism has kind of fallen away a bit. Um, the, the interest maybe has waned somewhat. Um, and I think he's kind of come to see that Christ, not all Christians are his enemy as well. Mm, I think he, okay, he, okay. he and, and I think that's interestingly, I think that's got something to do with the fact that part of the reason the new atheism has waned is because it sort of imploded um, under its own weight. Mm -hmm. Because I might have mentioned this last time, so forgive you me did. if I'm repeating myself. I just but watched it, so. but, but um, there's a kind of sense in which it, it you know, once they decided that they didn't you know believe in god they they couldn't agree on anything else right, and you've had all of these fallouts and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it's i mean it's instruct you know it's interesting that richard dawkins himself got 
stripped of his Humanist of the Year award um, a couple of years ago. Mm. And it was because he basically um, questioned kind of trans ideology. He, mm -hmm. he sort of didn't toe the correct line, as it were, right, right. Yeah. in that debate. And so the, the, the Humanist Association in America that had given him this award, you know, summarily stripped it of him. And I think he's kind of come to realize that uh, he um, you can't always have sensible conversations even on your own side of the fence. And he's actually willing to have a sensible conversation now wherever he'll find it. And even with a Christian. Um, and so Dare I say because at least they could even if they disagree on god they still agree on the basics of having a discussion that some you right. know that things are up for debate you know mm -hmm. that there aren't sort of you know ideas that cannot be questioned and, and that kind of thing and i think since he's run into that kind of thinking in his own world in the secular world i think it maybe has started to re make him rethink you know what kinds of you know that he's willing to sort of cross some of the boundaries he wouldn't have because as i say i i wouldn't have I wasn't honestly expecting him to say yes to this email. So I was quite, in, it was quite interesting when he said yes to this yeah. invitation to, to, to discuss with, um, with Francis Collins. Um, now that's not just because of the reasons I mentioned there, but I think he also has a great deal of respect for Francis Collins. And mm -hmm. you, that kind of comes through in some of the conversation yes. they have, particularly around the fact that Collins, who, are, as, as I'm sure you and your audience know, is quite a well-known geneticist mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, yes, head, he respects the head, field that he's in. Yeah, yeah. Head, head of the Human Genome Project, obviously led a lot of the COVID response in the USA as head of the Institutes of Health there. And um, and particularly because of the kindness he showed to Christopher Hitchens mm -hmm. uh, during yeah. his time uh, battling cancer and so on. And I think that that kind of built up a, you know, uh, a, a good degree of respect on Dawkins' side. And so that that alone, I think, you know, was one of the reasons he was quite happy to come on and and have that discussion with Collins. So isn't that interesting? I'm sorry, like if Miss if Dr. Dawkins, I'm gonna, I was going to call him Mr. How dare I? Sorry. <laughs> Either if, professor or doctor. He professor, wouldn't answer to Miss. Right. So if he was here <laughs> with the sort of arguments and I, I I've heard you speak about this with um, or it, this the idea of the rationality, the reason thing has come up you with the uh, the Paul Kingsnorth talk that you you hosted. Should should the the materialistic um, scientism version of rationality be affected by respecting the person you're speaking to? And uh, I mean, I mean that was what got him there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I'm sorry, I'm just sort of noticing these little tendrils of things of the the scientism view that mm -hmm, Dawkins very mm -hmm. much has come to represent and I don't know if he's like yay I love having my name invoked all the time <laughs> when this stuff is brought up but but it yeah I don't know that was just a thought but yeah I yeah I mean it, it's interesting because even even Dawkins I think was willing to admit at one point in that conversation that he doesn't necessarily hold to his atheism on purely rational grounds um, mm. you know, one, he said one of the reasons he doesn't like the idea that there's a God behind the universe, um, is because he loves the idea of evolution so much, which is right, this idea of, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, a simple kind of law-like process producing complexity. And he mm. says, the problem is he doesn't want there to be something complex. He thinks of God as complex. Now I would disagree with that characterization of God, but, but that's his view of it. And he says he doesn't, he kind of has a fundamental uh, aesthetic, you know, bias against the idea that there's actually something complex rather than this very simple law of evolution behind, uh, behind the universe. Mm -hmm. um, so he was kind of willing to say, you know, it was the idea of God that, that, uh, that up, you know, that, that makes him not want it to be true. Um, and so that, that was interesting because I think, you know, the problem with scientists often is that they it, we assume and they assume maybe that they are purely rational creatures. Well, they're the gods I view. Yeah, exactly. Unaffected <laughs> by bias, you yeah. know, but we all know, actually, science itself is actually a discipline that, like any discipline, is affected by biases, um, by, you know, the kind of worldview of the person mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, uh, uh, who, who was the, the famous, yeah, uh, Thomas Kuhn, wasn't it? Philosopher of science who wrote that book um, uh, about the scientific revolutions and that basically scientists are, you know, cling as doggedly as anyone to oh. their particular right. scientific yeah. perspective until the evidence either just becomes overwhelming and they have to change, have a paradigm yeah. shift mm -hmm. to a new one, or they simply die out and get replaced mm -hmm. by a new generation of scientists because they, they're human, you know, and, you know, they're not just purely going on the evidence, you know, things become precious to them. And I think, you know, Dawkins in a way exemplified that a bit by saying, actually, no, I, I've got a particular view on this and I, I just don't like God interfering with my, you know, sort of love of this particular aspect of science, you know, this mm -hmm. evolutionary principle kind of thing. So, so it was interesting. He's sort of changed a little in that sense that he was willing to to go so far to, I don't want to say admit that because I don't want it to be like a gotcha moment, but yeah, but to, I, no, to be vulnerable I, and, and enough I, to say that. Yeah, I, th I think in a way... He has. I mean, he, it was a bit of a point of sort of humor along along the way in well, that that's discussion. Because he was he was sort of saying, you know, he said he said something like, you know, I, you know, you could convince me that there might be a kind of deistic God behind things on yeah. the basis of this argument. He was talking about the fine tuning. Yeah, yeah. He said, the problem is, if I ever say that, people go around saying that I've been converted. And he said that. <laughs> and then you guys, I actually watched your little two minute clip about <laughs> like your season. And yeah. you totally did the, if you, you could maybe convince <laughs> me. And he, and he later says that wasn't included. Now yeah. everyone's going to go around saying that I'm, <laughs> I've, I've become a yeah. like, Well, we, oh, we no, were kind of teasing guys. him because, uh, yeah, Colin sort of, well, as soon as he said that, say, you see, he's been converted. I know, he's like, watch <laughs> for more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I came away actually from the whole thinking, actually, that was really good natured. It was a very sort of oh, I thought it was quite great. fun mellow i think i think dawkins is just mellowed a bit in all honesty you know he's he's not quite the fire-breathing atheist yeah, no, no no i think some old ages agreed with him i would say yeah um yeah. Oh, sorry uh professor dawkins if you're watching i'm so <laughs> i don't want to say you're old but i think that the the the, the, the wisdom might have settled in with the years yeah. that have gone yeah since the I, I think that's probably true yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Definitely. Okay. So I'm very aware of our lack of time. So I'm going to move on. It's all right. Well, you know, if we come back for a round two, that's fine by me. Anne. Okay. Well, that's, that is good. I will keep that in mind. It, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can power through like, like the bullet points though. Maybe, maybe we can. Sure. So, yeah. okay. You, so speaking of infighting, it's not fighting, but like, you know, how the new atheists sort of ate themselves. I, I would, and then we you brought up, um, we put Jordan Peterson on a shelf, and I'm going to bring him down. Hello, Dr. Mm -hmm. Peterson. So, he started off the, this whole thing, this, the, the big conversations, right? He yeah. was number one. Yeah, and he you, was the first you, one. And you have a book coming out based on that debate he had? Or, or, or well, Unbelievable I've, does? Um, well, I've got, so, so we, we've actually, um, just launched a, uh, an online learning course based on, on that, that very first episode. It's our most popular episode ever of unbelievable, oh. both, both on podcast and, and YouTube because, you know, Jordan Peterson is, yeah. is, is hugely popular. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it was relatively short for, for our show. It was probably only 50 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but we, 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 it, there's loads of great stuff in it. And so, yeah, we've created a kind of online course on Udemy learning platform where you can basically be guided through I'm your guide to, to, to sort of looking at the, the and conversation. And that was 2018? 18. Yeah. 2018, Peterson, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So There's so, a funny story behind that, though. Okay. You know, you know, basically, he blew up in 2018, everyone. Yeah. And it was Kathy on the... Kathy Newman, I think. Yeah, the Kathy Newman interview for Channel 4. I knew 4, him before. While he was here in yeah. Well, absolutely. And and he was kind of becoming a cult figure before that interview. But then that interview where he they kind of had that set to on the gender pay gap really kind of went viral and everyone started talking about him, following him. It kind of coincided with the launch of his book. And so there was this perfect storm and, and yeah. suddenly he was, you know, everyone was talking about him. Well, I, I actually recorded that big conversation show just a couple of days before he went to have that interview with Kathy Newman. Oh, right. So, so I'd managed oh. to bag this slot with with Jordan Peterson and Susan Blackmore. You're like, but at what that do you point, say yes to me now. 
<laughs> well, that's it. He was he was kind of a rising star when I yeah. booked him, and and got the the slot. But he kind of absolutely blew up after that. And I I because we weren't due to air this episode till this big conversation season began a few months later. I kind of had to sit on this really hot material I had, and I was seeing everyone talking about Jordan Peterson, and I was oh, like, "Oh, I've got a great show, but I can't release it yet." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that was that's my little Kathy Newman story. <laughs> anyway, yeah. slow and steady, the right the right time, and you did <laughs> well. Okay, so 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 I don't want to go into um, you know the like like oh, do you think this is good or bad or like per my personal feelings ab about it. Uh, so Jordan Peterson has recently joined the, the Daily Wire, the staff of the yeah. Daily Wire. Now, if you're brand new and you're coming in to sort of the culture war space, I suppose you could say, you might be like, oh, okay, so that's, uh, he, it makes sense. He's with a, a larger platform, so he doesn't have to do his own editing. That's what I've seen some people say. Yeah. That makes sense. But then if you're others, like 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 me and, and others, you, you might be... Yeah, I'm not going into personal. I'm just doing hypotheticals, everyone. So you might be feel a little like, oh, my pastor just told me he's running for office mm -hmm. for a yeah. particular yeah. party yeah. when I yeah. didn't go to church for politics. Yeah. Yeah. Politics is, you know, a flash in the pan here. I'm going for ancient wisdom. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if it's church, then I guess the ancient wisdom yeah. of God through the Bible and, you know, Peter's yeah. biblical lectures, these things. And I know he's not a pastor. I know that might not be fair. Mm. Mm. Um, however, it's more, it's more that he, people will be, or have had feelings of what does this mean? And, yeah. and, and maybe he'll be this exact same person with a little bit of help with the production values. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but also it, 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 it feel, and it's not just him. So that's not mm. fair to only actually point to him. I'm talking about, mm. he's just the last, I would say of the intellectual dark web, the yeah. IDW for those mm -hmm. who are in the know with the acronym, mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to sort of, I don't want to say fold. I don't want to make it sound bad. I definitely am. Yeah. But yeah. but do do you know what I'm I'm getting I, I at kinda, here? I think I know what you mean. Are you kind of worried he's kind of I don't know sold out to I don't I know. I suppose, but it's not just him thing. though. It's the whole group. It's 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 not yeah. stay the staying power that people yeah. were looking to them for. To I suppose the sort of don't never meet your heroes, but look, we're meeting them more because of social media, and so yeah. we're meeting them more than people would say in the past. But it doesn't stay. It didn't stay. It didn't have that staying power that say a religion. Yeah, yeah. The problem is rather like the new atheism. The intellectual dark web was just a word or a phrase that people put on a bunch of specific thinkers. Now. Yes, those thinkers were kind of getting together quite regularly and having conversations and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so it was a useful kind of catch-all phrase for, for this particular brand of people. But I don't but think it, they some ever... some of us wanted it to be a movement. Yeah, yeah I, okay, I get that. I think, I don't know. I mean, it, it, if it ever was, had the signs of becoming a movement, it was, it was always going to become a, a slightly disparate, you know, just a bunch of different thinkers doing their thing you know, maybe, and and obviously the the kind of star of the the show was Jordan Peterson and 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 so on. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it was what it was. It was um, an important moment where you know we started to hear kind of the I guess the pushback against certain forms of mm -hmm. political ideology and orthodoxy, and it kind of was a kind of a lot of people starting to ask actually, do we need to reconsider the value of religion? And uh, and that and that kind of thing. I think that's still happening. I think I think it's just not all going under the label of intellectual dark web. I think there's a lot of different people out there, different thinkers. And I, I think Jordan, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. whether Jordan, you know, whether Jordan Peterson continues to have the effect he's had or, you know, whether his influence starts to wane now that he's, you know, thrown his lot in with the Daily Wire, who knows? But um, what I can say is that I've I've met so many people for whom I think people like Peterson have started to reorient their thinking and and so on. And they've, it's kind of solidified a kind of hunch they had mm -hmm. that they weren't really getting the full picture from either the kind of progressive left or from the staunch atheist um, as well, um, sort of side of the, the picture. 
and and just it's opened up i think you know a lot more conversation and a lot more willingness to kind of be open to alternative explanations i think now i'm you know i think we're seeing a lot more people i i i just think that the rationalistic scientific folk aren't ruling the roost in the way that they used to be uh-huh. and there's kind of a lot more openness to other interesting perspectives um i mean one of the people we had on the big conversation this season a guy called ian mcgillchrist now mm-hmm. not not as well known as as many of the he's you had know, a conversation with peter said like a while back I, I yeah, yeah 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 but but very influential actually on, on that whole crowd um mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely jordan peterson but many others as well i mean he's you know he's uh you know, it's interesting, like, you know, a, a, an atheist novelist like Philip Pullman, you know, rates his book, The Master and His Emissary, as one of his most important, influential books, you know, of of the last 20 years or something. Um, he's got, you know, a, and so you've got an atheist like like Pullman um, praising him to the roof. You've also got the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who equally thinks he's got some amazing, brilliant ideas. And he's sort of, and he's a kind of um, he's one of these polymath type thinkers and he's he rejects the reductionistic atheist perspective. So he's he's very anti the new atheism, but he's a scientist. He's a psychiatrist, but he's got that kind of Jordan Peterson esque willingness to kind of see things mm-hmm. at a bigger level, to put more pieces of the puzzle together, not to reduce everything to a, a kind of it all actually boils down to atoms. He's um, I mean, he's he's a kind of, I think, ultimately an advocate of panpsychism, which I'm seeing a lot of people talking about in terms of consciousness and wanting to explore the idea that actually consciousness is primary in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And all these kind of other ways of thinking about now, that doesn't mean they're becoming Christians Mm -hmm. by any means, but it's kind of it's kind of like it feels a bit like. With the waning of new atheism and the rise of IDW, permissions the, the doors being opened for people to talk about other things, other ways of seeing reality, okay. and 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 even Christian ways of seeing reality. And I think actually, Christians have kind of there's been a bit of a renaissance of Christians being invited back into the public debate, the public sphere for those kinds of conversations, which I think is quite exciting because mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like you know we you know with the when the new atheism was at its 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 height, you know, anyone with any any ideas that centered around faith or God were sort of sent over to the child's corner. Um, whereas, <laughs> very good. Where, You're whereas funny. now, it, yeah. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was my attempt at a joke. That was um, good. Uh, I mean, no, but seriously, some so, you know, Peter Bogosian in his worst moments, you know. Oh, literally said God. that kind of stuff you know he said you know it, it's you know pe- people of faith need to you know leave um leave you know go to the kids corner and leave the adults you're to talk like, you're like i wasn't joking it was actually <laughs> it was like i was literally yeah. picking up on a, an actual yeah. thing but but that's an interesting case in point because peter bogosian just to, to give his example is one of those people who has completely changed his tune on this because mm-hmm. um you know if you went back to so oh, when was it? He wrote this book, A Manual How for Creating I make Atheists. Yeah, uh, that's right. It was this manual for creating atheists. It was very much sort of in the mold of, you know, the God delusion. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of basically a, a kind of it was like what they called street epistemology, which is like street evangelism for atheists. Yeah. And um, and, and, you know, he was this Portland sort of, you know, tutor of philosophy uh, and. And that was his his thing. He was kind of, you know, just very anti-religious, quite dismissive, actually. Um, but then I remember when I I think this was 2018, um, I was setting up for hosting a discussion in the US. And it was, this was several years on from when I'd had him first on my show to mm-hmm. debate, you know, God and that kind of thing and the rationality mm-hmm. of belief. And I, I invited him because I was going to Portland to, uh, to for, for an onstage thing to come and be the atheist guest. And he got back to me very politely saying, actually, Justin, um, I'm going to decline your request, um, though I do appreciate the invitation because my views on religion have changed quite significantly in the years since since wow. we had that conversation. Okay. Um, he said, I know, he basically said words to the effect that he no longer sees Christians as, as his enemy mm-hmm. um, and that actually there's a much larger enemy that is our common enemy now. And what he was referring to was what he saw as basically the the postmodern trend in academia where and, and the, the the rise of 
all kinds of grievance studies and um, this, these kind of um, progressive ideologies, which he thought which, which were suppressing academic freedom and which were actually, you know, allowing all kinds of wacky ideas, untested ideas to, to come into uh, academic life. And so it was only a few months later from that, that that whole story of him and his colleagues who were doing these hoax papers broke. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Uh, with, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah I'm, I've interviewed the other, the other two of them. Yeah. Yeah. James Lindsay and, um, and Helen, and Helen Pluckrose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that all came to light. And he said, he, I mean, and he hinted at it in this email to me, you'll, you'll see why, uh, you know, in due course. And, and, it's interesting because that was a good example of someone who was very much in that new atheist sort of mindset and bandwagon mm -hmm. kind of because of the culture wars, because of, you know, what they saw as, you know, a much bigger enemy as it were than, than Christianity. Um, some people who were literally basically on his side of the fence, suppressing truth and, and so on that, that, that changed the whole conversation. And, for me, that's that's where that's why things have changed, you know, quite a bit from from mm -hmm. those those days when it was just the new atheist versus the theists. Um, and I can't remember how we got onto this, but basically, oh, I, I see I, I, I see that whole thing, you know, of thing. of mm -hmm. being willing to uh, open up other ideas and so on as, as part of the outcome of the fact that the the lines have all shifted and moved around, and and that there's lots of other conversations opening up now. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to pull a Kathy Newman. So what you're saying is, <laughs> so what you're saying is, is with the Peterson movement, even if he does change in the Daily Wire, he might not, he might, doesn't matter because don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Like that's what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. I, I it, so. it needed to happen. It did his work. It yeah. opened up a lot of other channels that I, are I think, pushing... I think yeah, I, I think what will be interesting is in a way, you know, whatever Peterson does next and, you know, whether he's, um, you know, fated or reviled, I think he's influenced so many people mm -hmm. that we will see a kind of next generation of people who, who kind of take that kind of spirit or that, uh, you know, whatever spark he gave to kind we of go. We want our messiahs to be consistent. <laughs> Justin. We do, don't we? Yeah. Well, I, that, I don't know. That I mean, have an original Messiah that I'm going to be going back to. So, <laughs> not yeah, that I, left. Oh, okay. <laughs> my goodness. I mean, Sorry. I, 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 I've, I've obviously followed with interest, you know, Peterson's journey, and I think, you know, he obviously went through that that big illness and a big crisis mm -hmm. on on that front. It seems he's come out of that, and and he's almost come out of it more bullish than he was before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. And there's a sense in which I think he obviously sees the the cultural war that he's involved in as, as important enough that he's kind of joining forces with the daily wire and, and going to get the message out that way and that, um, that's the thing there's the, yeah and yeah. and i i like you would be concerned if he lost that kind of more sensitive engaging well, the ancient the, wisdom bit yeah the ancient wisdom the philosophy yeah, the religion yeah. um and and just became yet another kind of clanging symbol in the culture wars but um I don't know. Let's let's see what happens. I, I obviously you've been very reasonable. Like your your but, points well, have been very well. They've been very measured because you're good at being that mediator. <laughs> I mean, the production values have obviously gone up, but yes, the the part of the the fun with Peterson was that in a way it was a bit homemade and it was a bit kind of you mm -hmm. just felt like you were getting him kind of a bit unfiltered and a bit mm -hmm. raw and off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think some of his most moving stuff is when he just delivers things, yeah. you know, in that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas the some of these short videos he's done, so he did this message to Christians and message to Muslims. Yeah, and I haven't, They've, I was on vacation. I was on holiday. Okay, well, they're so kind I, of, I missed it. they're a bit more scripted and they're mm -hmm. a bit more kind of, and to be honest, I think they they slightly lack something because they don't have that that sort of more impromptu feel the to them. And, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, that's, but, we'll, well, we'll see. It's early days. Thank you for giving me your personal <laughs> I feel like you're like, oh, she wasn't going to ask for the personal opinion, but I'll just, <laughs> she's hinting at it. And oh my goodness, I'm sorry, your cup? What yeah. is that? This is one of my children's cups. This is a I, Lego. I have one of those. Like, I, have the, I have the Emmett one. You have the, Vitru they, the there, Vitruvius one. There was like, 
they did a load of these at McDonald's. Sorry yes. for product placement. And we kept it because it's still good. Yeah, it's we've got quite a few of these. One. It's the hologram yes. one. These I were the best things one. you got with a Happy Meal. No, Nowadays, they were. I'm using it today still. It's yeah. My, yeah, these the, are really the good, robust cup. cups. And yep. we have several of them in our cupboard. Well, I'm jealous that you have um, more than one. So, so I have the, this Vitruvius one, yeah. who's some character from the Lego movie. Some so. character, um, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> okay, I, I'm obviously not as much of a of a fan as you. <laughs> no, no, my Lego boys movie. have been like really obsessed with it and playing the Lego game of mm. the Lego movie. Yeah. And I also just like it. So. Yeah. Oh, Actually, Vitruvius was really an actual like a a Roman, I believe. Yeah. Maybe Greek. Yeah. He was an yeah, actual but, architect. Yeah, like that, that makes sense. And the, yeah. the guy in the Lego thing does look quite like he's doing some ancient pagan thing. He so yeah. that, that looks about right. And, yeah, and we have yeah. Gandalf there you go. In there too, and Dumbledore, who he was based on. So. I, I bump into parents all over the country with these in their cupboards, you know. Really? They're, they're, oh, they're look really at commonalities. Yeah. Rise up. <laughs> Thanks, McDonald's. <laughs> Capitalism. Actually, that reminds me. So moving on, I'm going to go to the oh no you're not the right phone i'm gonna go over to um i i there's a youtube so i actually asked sort of in prep kind of my own thing i've been thinking about kind of in prep for this i asked um twitter if they thought spirituality is becoming something that more people are open to in the west mm. Mm. in the past 20 years i was yeah. thinking 10 but i thought i'd say 20 because i'm older than i mm. always remember so I'm like, maybe I should say mm. 20 years but mm. you and, and you touched a little bit about or on this in the interview with um Ian McGill Crest no 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 I didn't watch that one it's the Paul King's North one and yes Paul, Paul and, King's North yeah and who was it with was it the so that was with Rowan Williams Bishop yeah of former Archbishop okay. of Canterbury yes, yeah yes. So, so I don't know if you brought it up or which of them brought it up. Something about the, the crisis of spirituality in the West or the crisis. Yeah. Of... So, Meaning and... so here's this answer from a uh, a fellow Discord uh, Bridges of Meaning member. I want to plug plug the people. I want to give them the, <laughs> the you know I don't want to. Oh, some person from you know you want to give them you gonna yeah you absolutely. Name. So this is yeah. from Nate Heil, and this is a perfect perfect encapsulation of what I wanted to ask but now i don't have to word it so he says so about the spirituality is it more of a thing nowadays over the past 20 years so he said yes people want spirituality but they want it as a consumer chasing self-fulfillment they don't mm. want a nasty religion that might interfere with life of comfortable consumption there are also those who are looking for something more which is why old mm -hmm. religions are surging that mm. to me that was like a perfect like oh this yeah. there's this problem and then there's this solution that's they're both there and yeah. i actually got answers of yes spirituality is surging and no it's not i got a mix of both mm -hmm. where he had the best answer that was a bit of yeah said no so yeah. what do you think of that and based on the conversations you're having and the feedback you're getting in these questionnaires that you're putting out I, I, I would say that's that's pretty much there. I, I, th I think that's a very good summary of what's happening at the moment. And and actually, um, the episode that might, I don't know when this, this conversation will be released, but um, our final episode of The Big Conversation is one with Michaela Peterson, the daughter mm -hmm. of Jordan, of course, and John McRae, who runs the What Do You Meme YouTube channel. And we very specifically were asking questions about millennials and gen z mm -hmm. and their search for spirituality now michaela peterson interestingly has come to faith in the last year or so um and it's it's interesting so it was interesting to ask those questions of though of her and and the audience then about what they think of this search for spirituality mm -hmm. as well and I, again i got that sense very much that yeah i think you know the, the, it's hard to avoid the statistic that the, the the rise of the nuns is happening those who say they have no religious right. affiliation so people i think are less interested in organized religion mm -hmm. um you know you can see that in the way that traditional church going you know continues to be on a downward trajectory in the you know in europe as well as in the us but having said that when you look at the same polls people aren't thereby they're not ticking atheist either um mm. It's only it's only gone up like one percent in like twenty five years or something. The number of okay. people who actually identify specifically as atheist, they so it's a kind of agnostic slash 
spiritual but not religious sort of mm-hmm. feel that a lot of people seem to be to be into and it is a very kind of consumeristic one i think because mm-hmm. it is very much about pick your own kind yes. of practices and and i'll do a little bit of this and a little bit Keep of that i'll pray you know. yeah. um and 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 it's you know the, the question is um is that just the way it's going or or is it just a symptom of the fact we live in this very, I guess, consumeristic culture? And so now everything gets commodified. Mm-hmm. So the churches that do the best are actually the ones who package it the most like a commodity. Ironically, mm-hmm. it's, it is the mega churches, you know, where they can yeah. put on a really kind of the big content. show and they can kind of put on, mm-hmm. you know, put everything kind of basically in a way where you can just choose your perfect combination of things. Um, whereas churches that are more kind of real are the ones where you have to do quite a bit of the work you have to get involved you have to be you know you have to sit next to people who annoy you and you have to you know listen well, sometimes participate in the liturgy yeah like if it's an yeah. it's one of these more ancient ones that people are drawn yeah to. exactly so so i think i think it's interesting because you know the, the trend has been to for people to just kind of have this commodified spirituality you know, delivered these days often via an app or something like that, you know, where you can get your yogic meditation on, you know, on demand and that kind of thing. But you don't have to be committed to any kind of religious community for that. It's something that you can just kind of do in your own private way. So it's this commodification, privatization, individualistic kind of, um, you know, therapeutic moral deism or whatever you want to call it. Um, But I think, I think, you know, my... I guess I do wonder if that is wearing thin because mm-hmm. evidently it's it, it's not stopping the meaning crisis still being a f- full blown thing, and to some extent I I wonder if it's only when people rediscover the value of community and living in yes the strictures of what that means because you do have to limit yourself and you do have to you know it it, it is a, a you know a place where you have to be do more self sacrifice and you have to live bump along with other people who are not like you but i think gradually people might be coming to realize that actually as christianity has always said that is the way of freedom that is the way in which you actually find true freedom is is by actually doing this path of self-denial and servanthood Mm -hmm. and um and and so who knows maybe the 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 pendulum will swing back because people realize that this kind of personal self-help kind of spirituality isn't actually is is actually just reinforcing the the, the problem which is that we're constantly focused on ourselves mm-hmm. um and again how that's, will we see that how will yeah it's it's a really good question because even you know some of the best you know thinkers of our time you know the jordan petersons who are pointing people back towards christianity in some way they still don't get it all the time because i think the the danger is even they are still kind of treating Christianity as a kind of means to an end. Basically, this is the way to get your life back on track. This is the way to get culture back on track. Mm-hmm. It's it's a useful fiction or whatever, you know, the, the thing is. And and the problem with that, of course, is that um, that then puts the individual first and foremost, whereas it's actually got to be Jesus. It's got to be Christ who is the thing, the goal, the prize. It it it. it it isn't actually our well-being, our mental flourishing, our cultural renewal. That that if that happens, it'll be, it'll be an after thing. It'll be uh, uh, an after effect. It'll be the the fruit, the reward. But the goal, you know, is has got to be Jesus. And for me, that's that's what's often lacking in in those even even some of these you know IDW type thinkers who are thinking about religion. So, so for me, I'm, um, you know, it, I guess I'm an old fashioned revivalist, really. You know, we've got to get, we've got to get Jesus back, back at the center. Get some uh, songs uh, by like, know. uh, the, the Wesleys or, you know, well, <laughs> you know, they, they, they led a pretty good revival back in the day. Um, yeah, there are they, a lot of really great British revivalists actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look back Thank at you it, America. you know, religion in the West has always gone in a series of cycles and there's you know i think that you've always had these peaks and troughs where the revival of one generation has turned into a sort of dull nominalism a couple of generations later and then someone else has come along and suddenly the spirit breaks in and you've got a new revival now i'm i'm not a good prophet but 
who knows maybe we're in the sort of the foothills of the next great revival that you know people are going to you know ultimately find that materialism individualism you know it doesn't satisfy and that the atheist didn't have the answer scientism didn't have the answer you know even jordan peterson maybe didn't have the answer mm-hmm. but that actually there is an answer and uh, and you know maybe the church is sort of being shaped and molded at this point to kind of start to be the receptacle where you know we can we can offer that again to people um so so yeah who, who knows what what the future may hold the receptacle you put it in such a beautiful term <laughs> I mean, I've got, no, but it's, uh, it's, i was inspired by this receptacle you're right, that, that you're was right. What it was. <laughs> no but i i get the image of like you want to come build a barn you want to come build something true like yeah. you know because it, it's a hard and you're right about that it's hard work it it is not easy but it is freeing yeah ultimately it's 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 one of those things where the church i think has always been tempted understandably to kind of just try to meet the culture where it's at by looking like the culture and, and mm-hmm. providing the right music and the right feel and you know basically matching the same cultural assumptions but again in some of these conversations it's been interesting you know for some of these adults who are coming to faith you know like paul king's north people like tom holland and others wait, 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 pe- wait. what tom what? holland yeah no i mean tom holland he, is basically he holds back he he <laughs> okay i listen to all i've listened to like every episode of the rest of history <laughs> and he always maintains that he's not well, do you know something I don't know, Justin? I, I, I mean, well, I, I think, <laughs> I don't think it's a particular secret that that Tom Holland is a regular churchgoer now, and that he, you know, um, you know, I, I, he's spoken about, he's spoken okay, in well, some maybe platforms I didn't, maybe about I didn't the. Hear him talk about the church. I, I hear him talk about Love Island. You're right. I mean, I, he church. doesn't, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve. Put it that way, but. Um, Except that, you know, Dominic always goes on about like, oh, your favorite Christianity. <laughs> but but there's a sort of like a, a hovering above. Yeah. Hovering to the I side that it always felt like. But I, I get the sense that with Tom, he's he doesn't want to be pigeonholed, put I it that see. way. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um and 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 but I think and, and I think there are still intellectual questions, but then there are for everyone. There are for yeah. me, for anyone. Okay. Um Okay, well, I'm sorry but for like. I think you know, I think he sees it as the most. On that, but I just couldn't I, help it. I I don't know. I think he just sees Christianity as the most beautiful story. If you're going to believe a story, yeah, believe the most beautiful story that's there. And and as he put it to me in an interview I did with him, he said, At "The end of the day, he, he, he said, words to the effect, you know, whether you're a Christian or a humanist, you have to believe in a miracle, basically." humanists just believe in the miracle of human rights but that's just as much a faith position as um as believing that jesus christ is the son of god and rose from the dead and he said so you know why not just believe it and i think he would say there are some days when he doesn't feel like he really believes it and there are other days when he really feels like he does believe it and um and so to that extent yeah but i i can't speak for tom you'd, you'd you have can. to talk and and i will <laughs> say um thank you thanks to your connection he's i'm still we're still in the planning stages oh good but well, you... because he's finished he's writing his book and he's finishing it up um i've it's been since last november <laughs> But, you know, that's what happens. you got to be patient when you're a podcast yeah, yeah. host. Um, no, but longer. I'm supposed to chat with them at the end of August, early, Good. early September. So I will be talking directly to him. You, when I look at people like Tom Holland and Paul Kingsdorf, they've gone back to a very sort of ancient form of, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity. Yeah. Um, so Paul Kingsdorf, the Eastern Orthodox Church. Tom Holland attends the oldest church in uh, London, uh, okay. and he loves that that ancient anglo-catholic liturgical kind of style and i think and and what i've heard from them and others is um we don't you know if if we're going to come back to faith we we want church to to look different it it has to connect us to to that stream back there it does if it looks too much like just everything that's happening right now it immediately loses its appeal because it it just feels like the street Yeah. yeah and and i get that and 
And I think there's a lesson for the church there about um, about not sort of simply pandering to what, whatever the current, you know, cultural fashions are and mm-hmm. sort of as as Douglas Murray puts it, you know, keep Christianity weird. You know, it's it's kind of that's its actual that's its attraction. That's its power is mm-hmm. when you're upfront about the weird stuff, about the weird claims about because that's kind of the magic of Christianity, you know, and, and if it if you strip that out, it just becomes another social club, it just becomes another good cause. Right. Um, and yeah, so 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 I, I think there's something for the church to learn there about about how to present itself and, and to not basically try to hide what it what it actually is, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you I see and I don't actually know if this is um, like if you'll re- release this as like a like publicly like you, you, you say that you have these surveys that you put out. Mm-hmm at the mm. end of these uh, the big conversations so what have you learned from if you don't mind sharing it like yeah like, i mean those those surveys are partly response? yeah those surveys are partly just for us to kind of gauge how the shows are engaging people and and how people are interacting but that but they also do help to give a sense of a the audience who are coming to watch you know the, the balance of christians and non-christians who who are engaging with with the shows and to what extent they find those kinds of conversations helpful um and yeah i mean the, by and large the, the the results seem to show that actually um people are really enjoying the kinds of conversations where they don't necessarily land in one side being right or wrong but where it's it, there's a real sense that you get a better perspective on how the other side thinks about something um okay. and so it's it's less about sort of an individual winning, you know, one of these mm-hmm. conversations. And frankly, most of the conversations that we do aren't really set up in that way. No, but, but it is, what do they but, think? Like, what do they think? Yeah. How it's yeah. being said? Yeah. And, and the whole point of the big conversation really is, is about not necessarily changing someone's mind, but just that, that they're, that they're, they become more open to understanding at least someone else's perspective. And, and that I think is, is a big value of having these kinds of conversations. Um, there's very rarely, an edition of Unbelievable, which totally changes the other person's mind or a viewer or listener's mind. But I think in the long run of being exposed to those conversations, it helps you to develop your own critical thinking. It helps you to kind of put more of the pieces together for how, how you, you know, being open to, you know, a perspective. So I would hope that, a you know, a dyed in the wall materialist atheist, mm-hmm. if they spent time listening to Unbelievable shows over a good amount of time, would come away at least with uh, a bigger picture of actually what reality might look like, even if they haven't been converted. Likewise, if a fundamentalist Christian starts listening to Unbelievable, I'd hope that they too would sort of be shown that there are different ways of understanding God and spirituality and, and Christ than perhaps just the, the the narrow version that they've been introduced to. Um, and even, you know, possibly understanding and getting on better with atheists in the process, because you you understand sort of some of the the issues and problems that they have with Christianity. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the purpose of those surveys is just to see whether people are, I guess, it, whether it's opening up minds to, to kind of, you know, see a different perspective a bit more. Do you, do you know the breakdown? Like, is it, is it like 50, 50, like Christians, non, non, no, it's still, I mean, the, the, the audience, Christian-y? well, it, yeah, it's still a pretty Christian audience. So I'd yeah. say it's anywhere between, I don't know, 70 or 80% probably Christians who are, uh, who are watching or listening, uh, saying that, that, it, that could be slightly skewed by the people who choose to take part in the survey. Right, um, right, and right, right. Uh, who knows, but, uh, but certainly of the people who respond, it's, it's sort of that, that kind of level. So, uh, and which is fine, uh, because I think, um, in many ways, you know, the Christian, uh, I try to obviously make the shows as far as possible, appealing to both Christians and non-Christians, but I think very often it is Christians who are most invested on seeing these kind of cultural ideas debated and, 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 you know, examined, uh, the, the atheists and agnostics who are involved in the discussion, um, are kind of coming in more tangentially sometimes, I think, um, and they're they're more kind of um, I suppose interested in religion, but mm. they they don't see it as a sort of the thing that's going right. to solve society, as it were. They they just see it as one among a number of issues that that need to be sort of you know put in the picture. But uh, yeah, so so that's 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 kind of what the breakdown is of the show. Well, 
Oh, so I probably should have said this in regards to the Richard Dawkins stuff at the beginning, but just we, we were focusing more on what was changing on that side, on his side of things, the atheist thing side. Yeah. But I would say even on the Christian side of things, things have changed because the it used to be debates with like young earth, old mm. earth, mm. like sort of spaces. Yeah. Uh, we, we were atheists or, of course, like the evolutionary Big Bang thing and then the... Yeah. Christian on the, the new earth, 6,000 year, I don't know. Yeah, that the young earth thing. But yeah. that's not a thing really as, I'm sorry, I should not speak as <laughs> if I know, but it's <laughs> not as put forth in the way it was. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's yeah, I, I think those debates have, I think the debates have died down a bit on that front. I don't know whether it's, I, I mean, I, there are still corners of the internet where these things get hotly debated, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, the partly new atheism was a response to young earth creationism. And right. I think yes, 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 because yes. it was sort that. of um, I think it was because there were concerns, especially sort of in the mid 2000s, that creationism was going to sort of start being taught in classrooms. There was the whole Dover Kitzmiller trial about intelligent design and so on. Mm. That that sort of lent a lot of fuel to the new atheist stuff. I think since a lot of that has died down, um, and other cultural battles have kind of taken their place, you know, um, to do with identity yes, and They're gender. Always, race yes, there's and so always on. something in the vacuum. Of, yeah. Of what it's like, it's like that, talk about those debates or... and arguments, at least in the general, you know, at least in the popular culture have been replaced by other debates and arguments. Of that course, it, it, there's always going to be a debate and an argument. Yeah. Depends yeah. On which, but... Um, so, so yeah, I guess, I guess these things are just seasonal, aren't they? And, um, mm. and it's not, it's not that, those issues have gone away and they're still a significant issue that lots of Christians need to think through because they, one of the most frequent things I do find with unbelievable is either Christians who are going through a bit of a deconstruction crisis because mm-hmm. they've been fed a very particular version of Christianity yeah. um, that maybe includes some of those things and they're trying to work out how to, how to, years ago. okay. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're trying to work out how to, to reframe their Christianity mm. now without some of these things, you know, that, that maybe they taught were, were taught were somehow critical to Christianity. Um, equally, I find, you know, ex-Christians um, who have left the faith altogether for whom this was a big mm. issue. Mm-hmm. But I also find people who are coming back in. Because they're not have, an issue anymore. Yeah, because it, they've realized that, you know, it got overblown. It, you know, that mm. actually the Christian church is a heck of a lot bigger than their little instantiation well, of that's it. that's interesting. What, I, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, I have like five minutes left with you. Okay, so, so, where is the future for season five, say, for the future of um, the big conversation? I didn't say unbelievable. Yay. It's stuck. <laughs> no, no, um, you know, it's will an you be planning book. a theme? Yeah, uh, I mean, I will, uh, I will do what the spirit leads me to do. And do you plan? Like, do you, do you just wait? Do you go from season to season, or do you get ideas and sort of hope? Like, like there's, there's, there's always conversations going on. You know, you, you just said you're, you're sort of, you know, you're having a long form conversation trying to get book book in a guest, and it's the same with us. Yeah, we've, yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. there were people who we nearly landed for this season who we couldn't do in the end. So we're going to see if we can put them in for the next season. There's, um. There's always, you know, and to some extent, you know, it, it's about sort of taking the cultural temperature and seeing what the issues are that, you know, we think people will be, be most interested in hearing debated um, because, you know, things do move on. The issues that we were debating 10 years ago, 15 years ago at the show, they're different issues now they're, they they, you know, they were of their time uh, and they were important. But they, you know, people I don't think, for instance, people are so interested in just those classic, you know, does God exist debates any yeah. longer? Um, yeah. I think that whole conversation is, as we've been talking about, has moved on much more onto the kind of how are we going to now live meaning type debates? Um, we've done more in the last couple of seasons on AI and technology because, you know, that's a big right. sort of increase, increasing yes. issue mm-hmm. in, in culture at the moment. So, so it's sort of finding what, you know, you know, you know, maybe, Elon Musk will do something crazy and we'll, you know, that'll be, our, you know, define our next right, right. season or something. So, um, so yeah, uh, it, uh, I'm always open to suggestions though. So if anyone's watching or listening to this and wants to put in a suggestion, do feel free to get in touch. 
Yes. Okay. Well, also, I would like to put in a suggestion regarding this whole consumerism, spirituality thing. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. To yeah. Not necessarily be... even a debate, but like the a couple people's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One. Yeah, there'd be some. There's some good people out there who could who could talk about that. So. Okay. Well, I will know that I'm part of the uh, catalyst <laughs> for that one, um, as if I am, and you don't have your own <laughs> thoughts about it. I'm sure I'm not the first to bring it up. But... I'm going to give you a credit. All, oh, all ideas were inspired yes. by Andrea with the bangs. Yes, okay. That was my goal for this whole. Yeah. There's, there's the whole reason why I wanted to talk. It's like maybe he'll talk about me next time. <laughs> something is happening on his show. Well, speaking of when is the next something like per, like the, conversation? The next something. Out? Yeah. So um, again, um, the the yeah. So we we've had five five episodes of this series of the big conversation, uh, and episode six drops on the 29th of July. That's the Michaela Peterson and John McRae discussion on millennials and gen z but you can watch them all at your heart's content yes, uh, over at the YouTube. big conversation doc oh. show that's the place to go okay i'm like youtube right oh no yes you have an actual website which <laughs> i will put in the details okay awesome. i think that oh we did it cool yes okay this is we we did all the bullet points we got through it amazing i think you're gonna be on time for your next <laughs> chat you're going into the night it's like nighttime for you good, good that's job. all right I'm a night bird. I'll be fine. But okay. it's been very nice to chat with you again, well, thank Andrea. You thank you for giving you. me this time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well. Okay, well, well, next time, like next year. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Let's do it again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God bless. If you would subscribe, that would be the bee's knees.